Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer, the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Forer, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we're going to spend time with new mums and dads, just like you, to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch Make Here every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Welcome back to Sense by Meg Fora. I am so delighted that you have joined me today. And it is always my pleasure to be alongside you on your journey as you parent your little ones. And sometimes on our podcast, we are joined by real life mums like Cassidy, who ask us questions and hopefully help me to answer your questions through that. And sometimes we are joined by professionals, usually medical professionals or people who've worked extensively with, with little ones and whose impact in life is all around kind of making your journey a little easier. And today is one of those mornings. I cannot tell you how excited I am to welcome Laura Schoenfeld on with me. Laura is my partner in Crime and Play Sense, which is the playgroup program that her and I founded a few years ago. But she's also the founder of Nanny and Me. And Nanny and Me is an incredible program, which I'm sure Laura and I will get into a little bit, that empowers nannies to really care for little ones, but also enhance their own skills as well, very critically. Laura is also a really seasoned mom. She is the mom to three boys. Now, I think anybody who is a mom to twins or three boys has a superpower because <laughs> I, I only had singletons and I only had one boy and that was hectic enough. So, La, you are a super mom and it's always, always fabulous to chat to you and I'm really excited about today's session. Thanks, me. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited as well. It's super exciting. Now, the topic we're going to be talking about today is very close to every mother's heart because at some point in all of our parenting journeys, we need to find childcare, whether it is that we're going back to work and so we need a more full-time childcare solution or it is that we just need a couple of extra hours in the week in order to do distance working. But everybody reaches a point at which they need to find um, childcare. And there's always a million questions about it because we know that childcare in creches can be absolutely fabulously delivered and it can be through well-trained carers. But we also equally know that having our little ones at home is a fabulous place for them and a, and a secure place. And so one of the things that I'm often asked about is why parents should consider nanny care versus creche care when they're going back to work. So I guess that's where we should kick off talking about it today. Great question. Thanks, Meg. Oh, you know, I always say to parents, baby bears are born in the wild, helpless, careless, and blind, and they stay with their mommies for about two and a half years. And this is very similar to what psychologists term the attachment period for our babies. So there's a first phase of zero to two, and that is known as trust versus mistrust. And basically, all our babies, everything they're experiencing through their movement, through their senses, which is actually happening largely through their caregiving, travels up that spinal column, hits the base of the brain, and then is actually wired through the limbic system in the brain. That's where we feel, so first we need to feel safe, and then we need to feel that we belong. And that is actually what develops the frontal lobe, which so many parents want to care for baby. So I always say that intelligence is developed in the arm of all loving people. So firstly, from an attachment point of view, having consistent caregiving in their own environment, one-on-one, is one really amazing way to develop your baby's brain architecture. 
And, you know, mommies feel so much guilt leaving home. And the research shows that babies can safely attach to more than one caregiver as long as that person is one-on-one and consistent. So that's a great relief to know for parents. Now, unfortunately, that's not going to happen in Christian care. You know, if you're lucky, you'll have six babies potentially to one caregiver. The international standard is one to three, but in South Africa, that doesn't always happen. And so if, if moms are having to look at a creche, I would say definitely look at the child to care ratio and how consistent are those caregivers. The second thing to consider is immunity. And pediatricians have a term for this. It's known as creche syndrome. And babies can be sick every three weeks when exposed to a group environment. Now, some exposure to germs is good and actually builds our babies' immune systems. That's the common cold that they get from, you know, family and friends who visit. But repeated infections lead to secondary infections. So things like tonsillitis, bronchitis. And that actually means, firstly, baby is sick. Often, parents aren't getting sleep. Sick babies can't go to creche. So now, poor mom's got a nipple to meeting and now she's stressed out because she can't get there. And all these repeat, you know, visits to the pediatrician, antibiotics, they all also add up in terms of cost. So it's really important factor to consider is, is immunity. So again, if mommies are, are, and daddies are looking for a crease, see what, what are their germ protocols? How do they make sure that it's a sanitized, clean environment? And then the last factor is around socialization. So lots of parents think that, you know, they want to have a happy social baby and that sending their baby up to crease will mean that the baby's learning to socialize. Now, it actually goes back to the first point I made around attachment that our ability to socialize is formed on the basis of our healthy caregiving and the ability to safely attach to our caregivers. So when I know that I'm safe and I'm loved and I'm secure, I'm able then to trust others and trust that the world is an okay place. People are going to treat me well. La, I'm actually going to pause you there. And the reason is that you've mentioned two things that I think are so critically important. So before you go on, and I know that you've, you've got more to tell us about, you know, the reasons for, for looking at a nanny. So the first piece, which is just so critically important, is this neurological piece where, you know, we're wanting our little ones in those formative years, those first two years to, to really form those bonds. What, what was that Ericsson stage called again that was that first stage? Just remind us. Trust versus mistrust. And, you know, I think that's so important, that trust versus mistrust, that laying down the foundation for the way in which and the the expectations that we'll have from other human beings for the rest of our lives. So that's the first piece around having a really, really connected, deep attachment with a primary caregiver. And as you've said, primary doesn't necessarily mean one. It can be primary meaning, you know, a, a couple of different caregivers to which to whom we have really bonded. And the second, obviously, being immunity. Now, I, I am sure that in a crash situation with a with, as you say, with a very small ratio, you potentially could have great attachment, but you just can't get away from that crash syndrome at all. So two fabulous reasons to consider nanny care. Was there a third reason that you were thinking about with regards to nanny care? Yes, it's one of the most frequently asked questions about parents. You know, sending my child to creche will will develop their social skills. Mm. Now, what's really interesting is that it's actually that foundation with the adults in our lives, our family caregivers, that forms that foundation for being able to trust others, to be able to know the world is a good place, that people genuinely are good and I can trust them. Even in terms of play phases, children really only start to play together from about three years of age. 
before then they engaged in parallel faith enjoying next to each other and with an in-tune teacher or caregiver they can learn to socialize but there's still a lot of fighting and pulling mm. hair and crowd control or chaos control <laughs> so really what is important is the fact just trusting the fact that it's this foundation that they will create that ability to just naturally form friendships to to like other children and expect the best from those around us yeah so it really is that this primary relationship forms the foundation on which socialization would be developed and you know in play sense one of the things that we do say is that social skills are important and i certainly as a mum knew that my little ones by 18 months needed to have some connection with other little ones and of course that can happen when you have a, a nanny at home because you can be joining up with other nannies and little ones in groups and then of course we have play sense which is the play group program that we that you and i started that starts from around about two years old where little ones can go and be in small groups so now I mean, you've, you've put forward a very strong case for parents having nannies rather than immediately creches. And of course, we'll probably have some mums who are concerned about the fact that they've chosen creches. And I think it's important to say that, you know, when you are choosing a creche, it is possible to choose good creches. Make sure that that ratio is something you've really attended to carefully. Make sure that the creche carers or, or the day mom is really, or the child mind is really, really well-trained and and loves little ones, you know, that this is their passion. You know, those type of things can bode well for a creche, creche situation. But having said that, I, like you, and you know, according to your arguments today, did go for a nanny. And I did feel quite strongly. And look, I mean, we're obviously speaking to an international market here and the price of nannies is sometimes sometimes really prohibitive. But certainly in South Africa, which is where your Nanny and Me program exists and where much of our audience is, nanny care is actually affordable. So if we're saying that if it's affordable, and if we're saying that it's a really good choice, which I'm in absolutely in agreement with, there can be situations where it's not a good choice. And that happens usually when there's an undertrained nanny and, and or stressed nanny. So if I'm choosing nanny care, what should I be looking for? What, what are the key things that as a mom, I need to be looking out for as I choose my, my childcare and my nanny for my little one? Yeah, Meg, we actually surveyed our parents recently and asked for anyone who has an amazing nanny to to basically tell us what makes her amazing. And it was so interesting because obviously it just confirmed what I knew really, but to read 110 accounts of what makes someone's really amazing was, and it just spoke, it, it gave a lot of testament to the fact that these women are incredible. So firstly, it was this passion for children. And mm. that is strongly linked in the research to responsive caregiving. Mm. And responsive caregiving is the ability to interpret a baby's cues respond appropriately, have a lot of positive affect. Um, and actually what else is in the research is help babies learn to concentrate or pay mm. attention. That I find so fascinating as well because of that one-on-one care, she is able to do that. And again, compare that to a noisy, overstimulating creche environment potentially for a little one. Yeah. No one's directing their attention. So so there's this idea around this passion that, that, that this is what she was born to do. That's Mm-hmm. came out very clearly that she didn't see it as just a job. And secondly is around her character traits. So the four that came up top were trustworthiness, reliability, a willingness to learn and taking responsibility. Amazing. And just to touch on those, you know, many moms will tell me they have an amazing domestic worker who's been with them for ages. Now, should they let her be the nanny? And I'll often say, absolutely, if 
because they already know those four and then don't you show a passion for your baby, you know? And, mm. and so many nannies are moms already. So you don't need to worry about the childcare part. Mm. And then rather if there's a willingness to learn, that points to the next thing was around skills. So mm. first aid and safety, health and safety, and then play and stimulation as the next skills. And then the last one being communication. And obviously many nannies in South Africa, English is not the first language, but just that, that sense of that gut feel the mom has when they meet them and getting along and being able to communicate. That doesn't mean written language at all. It means the ability to, to give an instruction and know she's going to be able to follow it and, and do it your way. I think for moms who go off to work, there's a sense of well, we're wanting to know that things have actually done a certain way. Mm-hmm. So nanny's ability and willingness to kind of follow along in this way was very important. This episode is brought to us by ParentSense, the all-in-one baby and parenting app that helps you make the most of your baby's first year. Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. So a lot of it does rely on our gut. I mean, I think you've alluded to that, that we we get this sense and this feel for how much somebody's passionate about looking after little ones and, and, and like you say, their willingness to learn. So those things are really, really important. Um, and then, so so let's say you've managed to find this absolutely amazing nanny and, and she's got all the kind of, let's let's call it the soft skills to be this incredible nurturer. And, you know, I mean, they're just, there are just so many wonderful nannies out there with these soft skills. But there are the hard skills, which you've alluded to, actually, you've, you've just said, an example of which is, is first aid training. I mean, we're not born knowing that it can't be nurtured into us. It's something that we need to go through a step-by-step process and know how to do first aid, what to do when a child is choking, as an example. And by the way, moms, as I say that, we've actually got to get confident with choking course inside the ParentSense app. So if your nanny has not done a first aid course, that's where you need to go to. Inside the app, you'll actually find it, get get confident with choking. So that's one example of skills. Can you give us other examples of skills that you think nannies should be trained in in order to be kind of top-notch nannies? Yes, Meg. So this is really my passion. And I'll never forget the day I sat down to to sit with my nanny then and my 18-month-old son. And she was a picture of a mother who had all those soft skills. And every day I'd go up to work and I'd say, here's some Play-Doh, here's some puzzles, here's, you know, whatever it was that I left out for her. Being an OT, I knew that I wanted her to play with my little one as I was. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of compounded the guilt when I came home and I felt that, oh, she hasn't played with her. Mm. So anyway, one day we sat down and I pulled out finger paints and we were painting together. And within a few moments, she was more engaged in the painting than he was. And he was really enjoying it. But she was just, I could just see she'd been transported to another world. And I looked at her and I said, have you ever painted before? And she said, no. Oh, wow. I said, have you ever built a puzzle? And she said, no, I've never had the chance. Mm. And it was in that moment I decided I have to do something about this. Here are these amazing women mm. who are looking after our little ones. The brain is at its most critical time for reading from mm-hmm. a mom's point of view. And it's not an initiative at all for our nannies. It's actually just, can you imagine being tasked with painting 
You don't know if it's toxic. What if they put it in mm. their mouths? They better put it in their mouths. What if they touch the walls? I'm supposed to keep the baby clean and the house clean. Why would you even want a baby to put mess with paint? Mm. I mean, it's actually so ludicrous if you put yourself in a nanny's shoes. You may have never had that exposure yourself growing up. So play is from the research, from the neuroscience. Play is how babies learn how they perceive their world. And nannies need training to play. And, and so that was um, where nanny and was born. And what I realized too is with training, we need a weekly dose effect. You know, we need to experience little victories as we go. And, and the nannies who come to our training, which is a weekly program, with the baby or toddler, they actually see the little one come alive. They see mm. how this little one develops. And so the why of play is obvious. And when something is obvious like that, you're going to implement it home, which mm. is what we see, you know, with 80 to 90% of our nannies, they're implementing everything at home. They mm. feel proud in what they're doing. They're learning and having fun. And so play is, is critical. And, and the three sort of play skills, I would say, we have seen over time. The first is serving return, that nanny's mm. picking up on those, those cues from baby mm-hmm. and returning the serve. Parents can go, go look at the Harvard Center for Developing Child or more on that. The second one is scaffolding. So knowing where your child is at, it's so, so independent. It's different for each individual. So being able to give that support. So if the little one needs help focusing on the task at hand, you know, just the verbal cues or physical taking a little risk and helping you do the activity. So, and then the last one is just, um, I call it simple cycles. And that is knowing the play cycle and how to follow the child's lead. So children are naturally curious and they love exploring. And then how do we come alongside the child? So we, so, so the adult doesn't take over the play, but plays alongside the child. Mm-hmm. So those are the skills of play that are, that you can use any activity base yeah. to achieve those. It's so interesting. I mean, I would say, and I mean, in fact, the research does show that play is innate in human beings. I mean, I mean, in, in animals, sorry, in animals, not even just in human beings. I mean, you see it in bears and and kittens, and I mean, play is there. Play, play is how we learn. So, of course, the nannies come with that. They they do have this innate capacity to play and this uh, this fire within that needs to be ignited through play. So, so the nannies intuitively as as living beings want to play. Mm-hmm. I think something very interesting that you said just now though, and or and I hope I'm not putting words in your mouth, is almost giving them permission to play. That play mm-hmm. is not frivolous and a waste of time and going to make a mess and going to be something that kind of the employer would frown upon, but actually giving play a very central and important role in the development of the child. And that focus on play and on saying, right, you know, that you've got permission to play, not just permission to play. We want you to play. We want our little ones to get messy. We want, you know, we, we don't, we're not worried about the mess and the clothes getting some paint on it. We actually literally want our little ones to play. And I think that almost that kind of value system needs to be transferred from the parent across to the to the nanny, which would then come through training. So, you know, I love what you speak about there. What it does kind of bring me on to is, you know, I, I often put my kind of my, myself in the in the shoes of a nanny. And, and I think about this as somebody who's desperate for this work. You know, they, they've maybe been living below the breadline or maybe not being able to, you know, feed their own children. Now they've got this job and this is a well-paid job. And, and there's a an employer who is has high expectations, has a beautiful home, you know, and suddenly there's this, I'm sure, 
this anxiety around how do I keep this job? How do I make sure that I'm ticking enough boxes? And this kind of brings us into this employee, employee, employer relationship, you know, where, you know, there would be these expectations from the employer and often very high expectations and these coupled with this anxiety, this latent anxiety or sense of discomfort or insecurity that the nanny might present. So let's talk a little around this relationship and how do we how do we shift out of that and, and how do how do we form a relationship that is really, really positive with the child centrally in mind? Yes, Megan, I think I don't think moms, well it's one of the mistakes I see most often with this relationship is that moms don't necessarily see themselves as a employer. And so that means you know, that the relationship starts off on the wrong foot. And I think it's because it happens within our homes, right? So it's mm. it's kind of out of that world of work, although that has changed a lot post-COVID. But So I always say to, to moms, think about how you want to be treated at work. Think about your best working experience, your best boss. What were the things that they did which ensured job satisfaction? And again, in the research, if you, have, if you are satisfied when you're working, 3.2 times more productive, say. And as you said, that if you have a passion for children, you love the child, but we don't want to see moms go through series of nannies over and over and over because that is bad for the attachment, as we said mm. earlier. So with the, the things that make for job satisfaction between the three and the three, the first is contractually. Do you have a contract? Are you paying you mm. Whatever the country you live in, what are the the rules set out. So ours is the Department of Labor and um, the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. You have to comply. And, you know, I see it as a positive. A contract protects both parties and it makes it very clear. So the second part of that is the job description. Mm. And as you just said, that's what I always say with this part is the permission to play. That's where you can very clearly lay out. This is how much I expect you to clean if anything at all. And most of the time, I want you to be engaging with baby. Then the third thing is performance appraisal. So I've had nannies come to me after doing some nanny and me, and they just are on fire, excited. And they say they worked for, as a nanny for 13 years and they've never had training, never had feedback. Can mm. you imagine working for 13 years in the mm. same job mm. and never being told to doing a good job, like falling, you know? So mm. I always encourage moms, take your nanny out for lunch every sort of quarter, go somewhere where there's some childcare like school and have a conversation with the job description. Say what she's doing really, really well. Ask her where she thinks she can improve and then ask her where she wants to learn and set a, a goal for the next quarter. And that's how we want to be treated in our jobs, right? As, mm -hmm. as in, the, in the employee career space. And then the last one is to show real care for mm her. -hmm. Know when it's her birthday, spoil her on her birthday, mm -hmm. know when her children's birthdays are. Give her Friday afternoons off every now and again. There's so many little ways. You know, take out a retirement annuity. Mm -hmm. Take out a, a medical aid so she doesn't have to go to the clinic and spend mm -hmm. all that in a queue. Just those little things make all the difference. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, are actually investments in your own child. Absolutely. It's the quality of the child that you're ensuring by having a great working relationship with the man. Absolutely. If you enjoy my podcast, I would like to share one of my favorite podcasts with you, The Honest Hour. Christina Mazurik is mom to two boys and a third little boy on the way. She's an American expat living in Cape Town, South Africa since 2008 and decided to start sharing her experiences in parenting since 2017. Having grown up in a dysfunctional family environment in her own childhood, 
which led to her adoption at the age of 10, Christina is passionate about finding purpose and presence in parenting, as well as exploring our own opportunity for healing and personal growth as we navigate the world of parenting our own children. Christina believes in ending the trauma cycle and that in parenting our own children, we can learn how to reparent ourselves. So pop on over to Christina's podcast, The Honest Hour. I think most of us can think back on incredible nannies and certainly the one who brought up my three children with me. She co-parented with me and my husband was also co-parent. So there were three of us in the home and super hands-on. But my children have always had a very deep love for her and a huge respect for her. And I think it's, yeah, it's critically important. It all starts in the home. The way that you treat other people is is the what your children learn from you. And that's, you know, it's it's the most one of the most important lessons you can give your child. And then, you know, I mean, when I think about having this amazing nanny, and of course, you know, you've painted a picture of an amazing foundation for a good relationship. But even when you've got these incredible nannies, and they are so wonderful, and you've set the stage, and you've trained them, and then it's time to go to work. And off you go, and you, you take your little one, your nanny walks in in the morning, you've maybe been a little bit rushed. And the first thing you do is you hand your baby over to your nanny, and immediately like there's a complete disintegration of tears and crying and hysteria. And I think most mums have experienced that. And, and particularly, you know, not so much in Gauteng, um, but certainly in the Western Cape where our nannies don't live in. So they often have literally got off the bus or the taxi five minutes before we have to walk out the door to go off to, to work, you know, whatever it is. And there's these very short transition moments. Mm-hmm. So how do mums actually kind of prepare their little ones and, uh, you know, to, to move through into that separation and hand over to their nanny? So Meg, I think... Practice makes perfect, right? So I always say to parents, if this is a new nanny, a new person in your home, to have at least two weeks of handover. And the first time you might just walk around the block <laughs> and leave baby with nanny and come back and say, oh, they were fine. You know, then you yeah. go, imagine having your nails done or your hair done. Can you remember those days, Meg, when you barely left the house yeah. out of your pajamas? So I think the practicing and the leaving home for longer and then leaving over a feed and seeing how did they manage, leaving mm. over a sleep, how did they manage? So that when you leave that first day of birth, you actually have real confidence, mm. right? Mm. And the first day you leave for sort of half a day, maybe you go visit your colleagues at work or go work at a coffee shop, try and get back into the swing of things, have a, a friend pop in or, you know, um, dad or granny or someone just to pop in and, and give you some feedback so that Nanny also has given the space to develop that relationship. If you're going to be over her shoulder all the time, that doesn't help. Mm. And then really important is communication. And, um, you know, we, we have a sheet, um, which parents can laminate and put on the fridge or whatever, print it out. So expecting nannies to keep copious notes is, is not the idea here because that's going to take time away from time with baby, but just a little checklist with, how many meals, how many dirty nappies, how, how, how did they sleep, tracking that. And that really helps with the handover because it's so important that baby didn't have a great night. There's a way that mom can communicate that to nanny or dad. And mm. if, if baby hasn't had the greatest day or was niggly, that that mm. is communicated back, back. That's very important in terms of that continuum of care for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and then, you know, asking nanny for regular feedback, we know how little ones are, right? They may cry and carry on, but the minute you're gone, they actually settle. Yeah. And so for moms, I would I would really encourage you to keep the goodbye quick, to have a smile on your face if possible. Yeah. And say, so I'm coming back as young as your baby is. Say, you know, talk to your baby mm. and coming back and going to work. 
you're going to be fun, you're going to play, you're going to do this, this, and this with some money, and then leave. And keep separations positive. And when you reunite, keep it positive as well. You know, that's that's all part of it. One of the things when you talk about taking notes that nannies, moms and nannies can do is they can use the Parent Sense app. And the Parent Sense app actually allows the nanny to see the approximate routine or the flexible routine that the mum is wanting, you know, to see for her little one, but also to be able to track those sleeps and feeds so that the mum knows what's gone on for her little one. So it's a great way to actually kind of trans do those transitions. Now I've absolutely loved our chat today. I really have. Nanny and me is an incredible program and it is just i mean it's so impactful it is upskilling nannies and i think i mean is it imaginable that it's 10 years old already how many nannies have you trained la about four and a half thousand oh my word that's incredible and it's run as a franchise system in all across South Africa at the moment. So La, as we finish off, and I've really appreciated your input on nannies and I know that the mums will have too. I'm sure there'll be lots of questions, which maybe next time we'll have a Q&A session with you, which I think is always one of my fun podcasts that I love to do. Um, get in a real mum and let her ask the questions. But I think we've got a lot of tips here. Um, is there anything as we kind of finish off that you want to just let mums know about as they move through this journey? Sure. I think it's, you know, parenting... There's a series of letting go. I mean, we've often mm. chatted about that. And mm. this is one of those transitions. And so I would say to go easy on themselves, to to recognize how hard this really is to go back to work, to give themselves grace, to call in all the reinforcements that one needs. And yeah, to really trust that you're making a great call with your nanny and, and let her develop a relationship mm. with your child. So important. Absolutely. Well, mums, if you want to hear more from Lara, you can go and look up Nanny and Me. Lara also actually has a free webinar every Thursday, I believe, in which she actually talks about this going back to work and, and, and how, you know, how to do the transition. So if you are going back to work, head on to www.goingbacktowork.coza. So very easy, goingbacktowork.co.za, and you can register for the free webinar with Lara. But La, thank you so much. As always, you have so much wisdom. You have a massive amount of empathy and understanding for the people that you work with. And oh, I think you are deeply appreciated by many people for the work that you do with nannies and their and their little charges. Thank you, La. Oh, thanks, me. It's been so lovely to chat. Lovely to chat. Thank you. Bye. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.